is Steve. Hey, Chris. So, E3 happened. It did happen. I have a question for you. Sure. Were it not for the fact that we were going to do this podcast, would you have paid attention to E3 at all? Yeah, I would have paid attention. You would have? Now, now, how did you pay? Like, how did you mostly... Because we both... I came over here and we watched the Sony conference together. But how did you want... Like, how did you do any of the so, other conferences? So, basically, how I, how I kept up with E3 this year was... I... And I know you... I, I know you hate the sites I, I read. But anyway, uh, mostly I used Kotaku. Uh, I like their format. I like the Kinja. Anyway. Um, and... I would just watch the live blogs and various announcements, and then if there was something, I would kind of take note of what looked interesting. Okay, new Assassin's Creed game, that might be interesting. It's in Greece. I'm Greek. I'm contractually obligated by my people to buy anything that has anything to do with Greek culture. I think that's Troy, a complete Alexander, lie. Alexander, my big fat Greek wedding. I think that's a complete lie. God of but... War. I am contractually <laughs> obligated... Uh, to purchase these things or watch them play them at least. Um, so yeah, so then I would I would watch the trailers and a- afterwards and check the impressions on the things I was really interested in. Um, and I, like I said, I followed a few of the live blogs. Some of the things I just waited till like I knew I knew Ubisoft wasn't going to be that exciting. <laughs> um, so I like, just let Ubisoft happen. Other ones I was trying to keep up. I was really hoping Square was going to announce. Something about Final Fantasy. Take a drink. <laughs> um, but they didn't, so... No. Final F- Square didn't exactly have much for the first time doing a conference like this. No, I think I had kind of broken them down into... Here's the super predictable things. We knew that they were going to have Tomb Raider and Just Cause. Just Cause? Just Cause? Just Cause. Just Cause. Which is also just Just Cause. Like, why'd you do that? Oh my god. Uh... Don't tell me that wasn't on their mind when they did that. Maybe not. It was probably Maybe because I feel like it was like the second, like, Just Cause 2 that really sort of took this whole, like... We're going to be silly angle? Yeah. Um, We're going to, like, occupy the space somewhere to... On the other side of Saints Row, but not quite to Saints Row yet. Well, it's funny because in my mind, it's one of those titles where the individual words have no meaning anymore. Like, in the context of a title, they just don't have any meaning. It's like, oh, that's the name of the game. I don't think about the choice of words, even though, you're right, I can... Yeah, maybe. maybe. Like, Just Cause was, like, originally it's like, you're a rebel, like, insurgent with Just Cause. And now it's like, Just Cause, you know? Just (laughs) Cause we gotta release another one. Yeah, um... And we gotta have it just because we had to have it at our E3. Uh, (laughs) See, after, after, if we recorded this right after E3, instead of waiting like a week or so, my thoughts would have been probably, I don't want to say a lot more positive, because it's not like they're really negative. It's just, in hindsight, E3 feels like this weird thing. And I was wondering, like, is it something you would keep up with? Like, it's something that I keep up with out of habit. Because, like, early aughts, uh, shortly after Y2K, um, when Broadway was becoming more common, I remember downloading, like, real media movie files. I remember downloading QuickTime movie oh, yeah. files. And you'd get, like, 15 seconds of gameplay. And you'd have, like, 10 of these, all, like, one brief two-minute gameplay segment that you chain one after the other. And it's like, I remember seeing Area 51 for the first time that way, and it was some dude's crappy over-the-shoulder cam. Like, 320 by 240 resolution, everything's artifacted, and, uh... Well, yeah, and it was different back then, because we didn't have... You didn't watch the conferences, first of all. Well, yeah, we didn't watch the conferences, so you sort of got everything after the fact. But there wasn't this, like... 24-7 24-7 gaming news machine where we get so much slow trickle of, okay, well, you know, we, this uh, this domain name is purchased and so it means that, you know, Square Enix is probably working on a new Tomb Raider game, potentially titled one of yeah. these things. Yeah. And then... Oh well, you know it's confirmed by the this listing for a developer. Well, you're talking about the leaks now, and then yeah, the, yeah. there's the leaks, and then there's just the 
it's yeah. There's so much that goes on ahead of time where nothing's really a surprise anymore. This is what happened with Devil May Cry 5 this year and the Resident Evil 2 remake. Both of them, it's like, oh, domain name registration that also registered Resident Evil 7's domain name. Mm. Like, all this stuff happened. They uh, registered Devil May Cry 5. And it's like, if nobody was splunking for that, if nobody was paying attention to all that crap, then Devil May Cry 5 would have actually come out and been like, Oh my god, it's happening! Instead, it's like, ah, this is the Devil May Cry 5 trailer, and wait a minute, is is that is that crappy Dante? Is that, wait, no, it's Nero. Wait, what am I looking at? What is this? I don't, I can't tell. It, yeah. It's, it's, it, it's like, it's like you rejoice, but you're not sure, whereas, like, I wonder if nobody knew Devil May Cry 5 was coming, it would have been. been like, the van lit up, and you're like, oh my god, they are making it. Yeah, well, yeah, and I guess I'm trying to think of what, if anything, this year sort of had a feeling of that sort of wow. Like, I hadn't seen anything of Ghosts of Tsushima. Ghosts of Tsushima, but we knew the game was coming. It's just now we had the gameplay. Right, now we have it. Um, But it also, because it was, you weren't really sure, like, there wasn't, it didn't, like, knock your socks off kind of thing. And... That's one of the things that I've been wondering about is the evolution of E3 since when we started watching it. And I don't even remember when it started to have press conferences. But this used to be an event that was strictly for retailers, shareholders, and journalists. Right. And then the internet happened. And I asked, because I I, I consulted, I should say, with my father and my uncle, because they're in more traditional business kind of deals and... Mm. My dad especially is interested in, like, car shows and stuff. So I asked him if anything like this happened. Like, if there's any, like, traditional sort of car show that has transformed because of the age of the internet or if any other thing that they've worked in. And from talking to them, it sounds like this is... E3 is a sort of unique product to our to, to just video game industry. Hmm. And part of it is because of its birth as something like Consumer Electronics Show, which itself was for journalists, press, and shareholders. It wasn't it was more of a uh, professional business thing. It wasn't a public facing event. Right. And then the internet happened and the press in a lot of ways started to capitalize on being able to stream this stuff like oh look like news come to us for the news right and I think game trailers actually was one of the first ones right. to really do it yeah I was thinking, like, like, like I was saying like following the coverage on Kotaku where it's like some intern like live tweeting about it and it's like this is content <laughs> I think the meme people follow the, it because they're at the work, butterfly but... is this content oh god <laughs> Sorry. I mean, that, isn't that just Kotaku? I mean... <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I totally... I can see that where... And then we sort of had this extreme era come into the late... The late aughts. Um, well, once YouTube is becoming more of a powerhouse, right. more people are streaming. Twitch. Justin where, TV and Twitch hit the scene. Yeah, where I'm just... I was watching this... Uh, all these uh, famous E3 fails. Like Caffeine Guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, how I started. Jamie Kennedy was like hosting one of the. Did you ever have you ever watched that? I might have. He's making all these jokes about. It was Ubisoft, wasn't it? It was before they landed on Aisha Tyler. Yeah, I think it was again. But, dude, even before then, because I remember being on the Xbox 360 forums looking. Like, I was looking for an online community, and then the Wii 60 movement began. And you had Ridge Racer and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. And, um... What was the... That was, like, that was, like, Jack 2005 Tom- to th- 2006. When was the, uh... When was... Was it Jack... Jack Thompson? Is that the right name? There was, like, a Sony exec that came out. I don't think it was exact Jack Thompson. It was a marketing guy, though. I know who you're talking about. Because Jack Thompson was the lawyer, I believe. Oh, Jack Thompson was the lawyer, right. Oh, no, I know I know who you're talking about, because he was a great... It was a Kevin something or other, I think. Kevin, he was a... Yeah. Because he was a great... Yeah, he was a great spokesperson. He was a great... Uh, yeah, he, he he's kind of a lost age, because he was a great way to at least make Sony always entertaining. And then he started working for Goodyear, and everyone was like, You used to sell PlayStation! <laughs> but, no, um... 
Man, E3 is really tripped. It doesn't feel like that long ago, but it's like, but, holy crap, that's like 10 but, years. Yeah, and I just, that was something, I feel like there was this whole shuffle and redesign of E3. Well, there was, because there was the point where it decided they were going to shrink down. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to be glitzy and glamour, they were going to be all professional. Because a lot of companies are threatening to pull out because of how expensive it was. Right. And now all the companies are back. But what's really interesting now is two different things started to happen. Firstly, you have the what Square Enix did this year, what Nintendo's been doing, and what actually started with Konami, which is you have the digital presentation. You right. don't have the big expensive press conference. You record everything ahead of time. You edit it. You cut it together. You don't, you know, have two entirely different venues set up and decorated specifically for a major blockbuster game that you're showing a yeah. trailer for. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you, you, you have this small uh, thing, and it feels like the way of the future. And Nintendo started doing it multiple times a year, um, and then. You have eventually it's like okay, there's all there there's E three, but there's also Tokyo Game Show. There's E three, there's Gamescom in Germany, there's Tokyo Game Show, there's E three, there's Paris Games Week, there's Gamescom, there's Tokyo Game Show, there's the Video Game Awards, and there's the PlayStation Experience. And there's stuff like packs. And there's packs where there are some minor minor reveals. Usually right, there's minor reviews. Huge, but I but, feel like it's all become what it's become is more more of like a cultural event than an a. It's not really a business, and part of it's because even the industry's aware that news can get lost. So even if it's still being treated like it's this big thing, I feel like in 2018 everyone walked away underwhelmed for two reasons. One of which, if you looked at the holiday schedule before E3, you were sitting there like, okay, what am I actually buying this year? Is it just Call of Duty again? Is it just the? Like, is there yeah. going to be a new Assassin's Creed, which they effectively confirmed? It's back to being annual, kids. Um, Thumbs down. It's yeah. It, it's like, what am I buying? It's like, am I getting Anthem this year? Am I getting this? And you find out that all that stuff's coming next year on February twenty second, uh, so everybody can beat. The, the the end of the fiscal year in March, so everything's got to yeah. come out before March thirty first, but they're not going to release it during the actual holiday season. Or again, it's like Doom Eternal that got teased, and then it's going to show gameplay at QuakeCon in August. So all of these all right. companies again, like Sony, we already saw another Death Stranding trailer and another Last of Us trailer back in December. This is the six months later update. And Spider-Man as well. We already saw some Spider-Man back in December. This is the six months later update. We've reached a point where companies are able to release this information more. And the weird thing is, it's not like, again, like Nintendo, I can understand a bit. Because Nintendo, okay, they didn't have everything they could have. I know three months down the line, they're going to have another Direct. They're going to detail more games coming out over time. They're going to have a direct dedicated to their online service kind of a deal. They're going to have all of this stuff, and then even like in January, they're going to have another direct. They're going to have all of these events to tease what's to come later. So even if I want E3 to be a bit bigger, I know Nintendo's got all that stuff, but that's also like more affordable. So it's weird that we have all these like again like the the industry is like we're going to avoid doing these big events. We don't want E3 to be big. It's too expensive. It's too much of a risk. And now they're doing it multiple times a year. Hmm. So, in the res- as a result, will E3 eventually become less significant? Will people stop really tweeting it like they do now? Will it just become another event? Yeah. I don't... I mean, I think we're still a ways out from that. But I do feel like it's just... It's not... It's not this. It's not the same. I mean, you still like even you know people love their big announcements and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. And obviously, even when they're getting spoiled, and you're finding about assassin out about Assassin's Creed Odyssey from a keychain, and not from a you know that sort of you know that moment when you're watching E3 or and 
the trailer comes on, and you're like, what's this trailer? What is for? this? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Oh my is goodness, it? this looks amazing! Or you yeah. find out, it's the, normally it's the big sequel that people freak out about. That's right. the thing. Because oh. when it comes to, like, what isn't a sequel this year that was announced, and the only thing that comes to mind immediately is Control. During yeah. the PlayStation event. That was a new IP. That looked interesting. But at the same time, I'm, I, I needed to see more. And then in, in the shuffle, it gets forgotten. Yeah. And it's this, this game shouldn't have been forgotten because it actually looks pretty cool. But It's a yeah, good pedigree and it's, it looks like an interesting design and stuff like that. But Get to toss powers around. I mean, it's it, it seems cool. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. It was such a you got the because it was sandwiched between like Death Stranding and Spider Man. Yeah, it's and then there is there is of course the presentation style as well, which this is this year is really weird because a lot of people are saying Microsoft ran away ran away with it. Microsoft was like hands down the best because they just focus on games, 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 and once upon a time I felt that way as well. But part of my issue with Microsoft's is. Yeah, this is nice because I get to see a bunch of game trailers, but it's not convincing me to get an Xbox. It's also, I mean, you had stuff like, I, I'm i going to probably get an Xbox One to play. I still haven't played Halo Guardians, and um, mm. I, I don't care if it's good, I'm going to play it. <laughs> um, and uh, Gears of War 4. And, see, Gears of War see, Five is the first one that made me interested. But then, yeah, I see that's what well, that was. The I mean, thing. I mean, of the th- Xbox One generation, I should say. Right. Well, that's I wasn't I wasn't interested enough to buy it for Halo Guardians and Gears of War Four. But now that Gears we of War Five, where it looks like a good game, Gears of War Five and Halo Infinite. Now I'm like, okay, if Halo Infinite is going to be an Xbox One game. They said they're working on a new system, and there's a lot of speculation because Bethesda effectively said uh, Starfield is for next-gen consoles, Elder Scrolls Six is going to be for next-gen consoles, and Microsoft confirmed we're working on the next Xbox. Yeah, what and, was up with that? I feel like it was like, well, it's and that, yeah, that's the weird thing too, because it's like, okay, maybe it is time to get an Xbox One, and then it's like, by the way, and like. By 2020, you're going to need to buy another Xbox, and it's like, yeah, never mind. And I might if they actually have a Ninja Theory game on this system. And have, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously, you know, we're we have jobs and stuff like that. Where yeah, but that's still expensive, man. Well, no, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that like, I'm not, I'm not embarrassed or something to have one console trail, right? That if I get in 2000, if I get an Xbox One now, and then get a PlayStation 5 when that comes out, and then two or three years later get a, you know, what are they going to call the next one? Xbox Zero? Xbox 4K. Xbox 4K. The next generation of consoles is going to focus all on 4K, I guarantee you. And again, they're going to be running at 4K, 30 frames a second, Except for the ports of this generation's games. Which makes me wonder, if I want to just stop buying games for the PS4 now, so when I get the next generation console, I can get it at 60 frames a second. And not buy it twice. And not buy it twice. Hmm. This is a good question. And I thought of this last night playing the, uh, the, the first Tomb Raider port on PS4. And I'm sitting there like, man, this does run gorgeous. It looks great at 60 frames a second. <laughs> why are we moving to a new console generation? This game still looks good. Well, that's why Sony Sony is not doesn't seem to be. I'm sure they're working. They're working on, on it, but, but they they didn't see any need to announce it. And I mean, there are people pre- that are predicting that Death Stranding, Last of Us Part Four, all these are going to end up making the jump to the next PlayStation. But Sony's had a habit of releasing big IPs at the end of their uh, yeah. their system's life cycle. I think they're not revealing much new in development because these are the last games next year in develop for, development for the PlayStation 4. Next year we'll get um, PlayStation 5 and At the very least the tease, because I do think those systems Xbox are at least 4? 2020. Could they call it Xbox 4? 
They could call it Xbox 4. And then get the K, 4K, Xbox 4K. It would be the fourth system, yes. It would be actually be the fourth system. They could really, they could get back on it. Um, so that'll be it. Xbox, Xbox 4000. That's a little too much, just 4K. 4000. Xbox 4000. I'm sticking with it. Okay. <laughs> Xbox 4000, 4 Avengers, 4 Forever. Uh, <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that, that just comes down to, and part of it's because I'm old, and also I just got a Switch. I just got a right. Switch last year. I don't want to. And I was. I, think, I would really. I really hope they don't just. They don't all start staggering. Like what with if, the mid generation consoles and stuff. Well, like well, yeah. Well, well, like what happens if now it's like, you know, Microsoft releases or Sony releases. Oh god! Like, I know what you're and talking two about. years later, we get a new Xbox, and then two years later we get a new Nintendo console, and then two years later we get a new Sony console, and then it's just. It like, would be history repeating twenty years later because. Dreamcast in 1999, PlayStation 2 in 2000, GameCube and Xbox in 2001. Yeah, like... It's too much. And it's you're, too much. You're making, asking people to make too many decisions. The Switch is at least ideal for me in a lot of ways, partially because, again, if I stopped buying Sony and Microsoft consoles, the Switch could be all I need. The problem is... Whatever the next near game is, whatever the next platinum game is, there's no guarantee it's going to be on the Switch, or at least not so in a timely manner. Yeah, uh, well, even if it's ported later, that's fine. But especially if you are going to like PlayStation Five, Xbox, 4K, if you are doing these systems, I think you'd be able to port down well enough if the emphasis is 4K. Because if you dropped that resolution down to 720 or 1080, mm-hmm. you need a lot less processing power. Well, I mean, isn't that... That's kind of how, you know, most... In, back in the, my uh, glorious PC Master Race days, is that's how you played new games until you could upgrade your video card. It's like, you I dropped the resolution. play this game, but I have to play it at 800 by 600 or something like that. And then, you know, okay, now I got my, like, GeForce 5 XX... 6,000. And I used to do that too, yeah. And now I I can play it at max resolution, but then the next thing came out, and now I gotta, like... Drop that resolution again, yeah. Yeah. So that might be the case, and I already know with Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro, you put a game in there and it asks you which of three settings do you prefer. Like, run it at a lower resolution with high frame rate, run it at, like, a higher frame rate with lower resolution or something like that. Like, all these different things, and it's, 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 firstly, it's crazy. That's not why I have a console. Just put the disc in and let it play. Yeah. Um, but for me, and again, like, I'm playing Tomb Raider. The only thing that, like, doesn't work as well, that looks silly now compared to what we've got, is Lara's face can't do emotions as well because the mouth makes her look like a Muppet. Well, that's so, because it doesn't have the emotion engine. It doesn't have the emotion engine. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have the kissing engine, as, as I'm yeah. sure Naughty Dog calls it. Yeah. Um, but, and that dude, that, how do you, two things that show that Sony is like top dog and is getting conceited again. Firstly, having like a tone deaf statement on why Fortnite can't cross play, um, which evidently is because. It's more than just, you know, because they're the lead, they don't want to play well with others. It's also, we don't want someone buying a skin on, like, X, uh, the Xbox. Okay. Microsoft getting the 30% cut, and that skin being now on the PlayStation, on their PlayStation account. They want to make sure if someone buys DLC, it's on their platform, so they get the 30% cut. Oh, man. That's and that's a fun complication with this with the Fortnite model. Um, wow, that's that's crazy. But Sony and uh, I mean Nintendo and Microsoft are fine to play. Nintendo because they probably don't care no, as much not. about that. I'm pretty sure I read that the Switch is the same. That if I, I I swear I read that that the Switch had the same thing, but that just basically the difference is that. There's like a billion people who have signed up on PS who have Fortnite accounts connected to their PS4. So no one's really complaining that they can't export essentially a Switch account 
for Fortnite right now. I've not seen that, anyone report that. Yeah, but that once that account gets logged in on the Switch, or is created it's similarly on the Switch, locked in. it's similarly locked in. That I think mm. now I think they all play nice with mobile, but not with each other. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Because um, I know, like, there was just an advertisement released today uh, that was Nintendo and Microsoft able to play Minecraft together, which is, of course, in Microsoft's interest because they own Minecraft now. Yeah. So it, it kind of makes sense they do that ad, do that. but at the same time, with the timing of it, it feels like it's giving like a big finger to Sony. Um, yeah, that's a little bit of, of hubris there, perhaps. Um, but even then, you also have their... Because pre- Ubisoft's presentation style was as if they didn't realize anyone hasn't been doing it the same for five or six years now. They're just doing a regular press conference. Um, EA play EA doesn't even do it at E3. They're across the street. They're just trying to do their own thing. They're being classically EA. It's like we're just gonna be over here doing our own thing, guys. Yeah. It's, Did you download it Origin yet? Yeah. Um, and they they also felt a bit outdated. It's like they get what is it? Andrea Renee, who used to do stuff on The Escapist, worked for GameStop for a while. I don't know uh, who she works for now. But they, they got her as their personality to kind of lead things, to ask the corporate questions, the, the PR-approved questions. Yeah, yeah. And, and to be the, the, the hype machine, the professional fan, if you will. Um, and the weirdest thing, too, was she's in the crowd with, uh, I think, Vince Ampella of Respawn to talk about a new Star Wars game, but to show nothing. Yeah, it's, yes, okay. it's it's one of those things that is like they, like they, they like someone at Disney called there like so you got something for us right this you're gonna prove that this contract was worth the stupid money right? right and and like like sweating bullets Andrew Wilson's like okay okay we got we gotta figure okay. something out Andrew go sit next to Vince no that actually made me think of something else at this conference. I had totally forgotten about that Star Wars game. I would have put it on my list, even though it didn't have. But so, so here's here's one of the things that, and this always happens at E3, but I felt like it was especially painful with the lack of a lot of new, exciting things and a lot of things coming out now. Was we had a couple interesting sounding games that we saw nothing of. Uh, so there's a new single player story driven. Star Wars title that we know nothing about other than that, right? It's what was made it by the again? Titanfall guys. It's made like by Star Titan- Wars Jedi Last Last Order? No. Was it Last Order? Yeah, I think that's right. Last Order? It's supposed to take place between the third and fourth movie, because why not? Why not? The most... like, uh, Why not? I'm sorry, we know I don't like Star Wars anymore, so I'm all well, automatically just... At uh, this point, it's become really the most over-covered area of Star Wars because we have Rogue One we have Solo we have the Star Wars Rebels uh, series Uh, and not counting Force Unleashed that's what it was Star Wars Force Unleashed Force Unleashed but yeah it's not canon anymore Um, that's true uh, and then you have any number of of comics covering that as well like the Darth Vader comic and I still Um, like what was wrong with the Old Republic a perfectly fine time, or something after the Old Republic, but still way before all this stuff. Like, what's wrong with that time period? Uh, what's wrong with a time period where you don't have to care about current canon? I, I don't know, man. Um, so there's the, so anyway, but you have what was a uh, Babylon's Fall? Oh yeah, Platinum game. Right, yeah, new Platinum game. Square Enix we- is like, by the way, we have a new pa- Platinum game, and you know nothing about it. Right. So I get these. I feel like some couple of these. And there are a couple other ones. I can't think of them off the top of my head. I feel like that really hurts at a conference like this year's E3, where hey, there's this great new IP. You see nothing. Like that's the kind of thing. That hey, don't you want to see a third Death Stranding trailer with actual gameplay of that guy walking around? But what's he carrying? Uh, a person, evidently. So apparently. Well, whether it was the baby person. I need to. I need to comment. I do love the idea that Hideo Kojima just promised Sony they were going to have gameplay. And when Sony's looking at it, before the show, like five minutes before the show, they're previewing it, they're like, I thought you said there'd be gameplay. Ah, but there is. 
It's just a guy walking around. I know. It's like, what do you do in this game? And Hideo Kojima just smiles. <laughs> and I would like to think that every interviewer that goes up to Hideo Kojima, so is that all you do is walk around and all he does is just laugh? See, that's I, what I that's what I love because it's this oddly enough, this is the trailer that should have killed my interest in Death Stranding and it kindled it. It's now I want to play actually, the game. There's actually some mystery left in the world. What I'm actually imagining, <laughs> what I wish it was, is uh, what's his name, the director of Near, Yokotaro. Yeah, with his with his mask on. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do in this game? Uh huh. <laughs> Just nods his head. Um, yeah, I just I felt like that that that, that was a little bit of a, of a of a gut punch to me. Where in past E3s, so that would have been an exciting moment, right? If we didn't know we were getting you hate Star Wars, but it's fine. If we didn't know for the rest of us, we were getting a new Star Wars game, a new story driven Star Wars game, um, as cool as the Battlefront Two campaign. Let's just get past it. That if all of a sudden, you know. You get a trailer, and you're like, what is this? We're having that what is this moment, right? What is this? Yeah. Is this a new game? And then a lightsaber ignites, and you're like, I'm Star Wars! <laughs> um, from the makers of Titanfall 2. Right, from the makers of Titanfall 2, a Star Wars game. Like, I would have flipped out. Well, if I had been watching it live, which I wasn't. But still, I would have flipped out when I saw something about it. Yeah, and he said earliest is next year holiday. Which means it could end up being... February 22nd, 2020. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and again, Babylon's Fall. Yeah, again, a platinum game. No details. Uh, Square Enix especially. And you know what really disappointed? The trailer for the, what is it, The Quiet Man looked interesting. But at the same time, I was like, okay, I hope it's not like all like, like a bunch of FMV live action and then digital. I hope that's just for the trailer. No, yeah. it is It's supposed to be able to be completed within a few hours. So it's like a quick, like you could play it in a single session, right. and it is a mixture of FMV and then digital game brawling. So what you saw is what you're going to get with the game, and it's like you just you you took something that was interesting and you killed it. Because <laughs> the last thing I want, like, hey, playing a game that's a brawler where you play as a deaf guy, that could be interesting. Having to like like how are you going to do the sound cues? I don't know like how or, or rather all, all visual cues. Yeah. I don't know like how are you going to do that? How are you going to represent it? That would be interesting. I'd Should I wear my headphones while I play? Oh god, I'm, I'm curious about how they would do that. But then it's like no, it's going to be partially FMV, and it's like you guys realize that's that's a joke, right? You guys realize it's ironic. They're bringing it back. They're bringing back uh, FMV night trap man, which is a joke. People. It's the, it's because 90s, man. People like it ironically. Uh, I'm going to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that maybe in 2018, with Square Enix production quality, they can actually make something that does it well. And if it doesn't, nobody will try it again for another 20 years. And if it's only going to be a few hours, then it should at least be a cheaper game to get. Yeah. It'll probably be on sale at some point. No, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I. Um, You know what we need? We need a new Wing Commander game. When's that going to get announced? Maybe we get Starlink. <laughs> Starlink. <laughs> Which I tried to find details on, because they say, evidently, you could play it digitally without buying the toy, but then it's like, do you only have the default ship? Uh, That's like my like what what what, what is well, the gear like? Or I think I heard someone say you buy, you could buy it as digital DLC, and it's like do do I want to buy extra ships and gear as digital DLC? I mean I'm I am tempted uh, I'm tempted to get the one with the R wing figure because Star Fox, and that's it. Like not not never use it. I'm never gonna plug it into that stupid like troller dongle thing. You just. Want it? I just want the R wing to sit on a shelf and look like an R wing. Well, that's and that's that's part of the fun of some of the Toys to Life stuff. Is that the, yeah? Like I got a bunch of Amiibo that that's all they did really. Right. Um, but at the same time, like this game looks legitimately fun. But if you need toys, physical or digital, to purchase extra stuff in order to have extra gear, I'm a lot less interested now. 
And I'm really disappointed because a lot of the aesthetic reminds me of Destiny and No Man's Sky, but, like, unlike No Man's Sky, it looks like fun. Huh. <laughs> uh, remember that was being paraded every E3 by Sony? Yeah. I, I honestly, I kind of don't look forward to any new IP announcements from them because then it means I have to see it every three E3s. Like for three E3s in a row. You'll see it, and then that's what they think E3 means: show a game three times. E3. Ah, yeah. Only it's going to be four. It's going to be like oh wait, no 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 no. Because Last of Us 2 didn't even show up at an E3, actually. The first, Is that right? The trailer was released online. It wasn't at an E3. Was that the one? Oh, and then man. December, where it showed, like, all the, uh... It showed the chicks being assaulted and the one with, like, really buff arms. Yeah, no, I, I remember that. I remember, like, the con- there was some controversy. And they were like, well, it's supposed to be... Disturbing and stuff. And, and then they... they like... then, then now it's even... And there's, like, only one one or two people that I or rather publication that I've seen like okay Naughty Dog I don't care if it's disturbing you gotta tone it down cause I'm gonna be honest I I, I watched someone do their own little E3 rollback and they were doing the different trailers and I'm sorry man seeing that disemboweling scene a second time did not like Resident Evil 2 I'm pretty sure that cutscene's not in the game so it's like I don't have to wor- worry about like playing the game and seeing something as viscerally disturbing as the, the the tearing out of neck meat. Yeah, but it's also... The Last of Us Part 2, you have to, like, a dude is realistically getting disemboweled alive. I don't want to see that. I don't want to well, deal with it. I think that. it's also, what makes it a little bit harder is, harder to watch, harder to, less, whatever, is that in The Last of Us, they've definitely played up a lot more of the you know, people are the real monsters kind of yeah. thing. Then we're Resident Evil. It's like, well, no, the monsters are the real monsters. I mean, there's yeah. like Wesker and Umbrella and all that, but like, it's still like your primary conflict. And usually they've turned themselves, Wesker's like beefed himself up with T Virus or something, right? He's super matrixed. Yeah, anyway. But regardless of, like, that, I mean, for me, it's a matter of, like, how the gore is... Because the first Last of Us, like, the first Last of Us, like, approached the edge for me. Um, Because, like, like, the worst was... Like, speaking of neck meat, if you got killed by a clicker, you saw it get torn out of Joel's neck. But it was, like, quick and done. Quick and done, quick black screen. Like, that's... That's like okay. I did not like getting killed by clickers. I didn't either, but it's like at least it's quick. You could close your eyes, but this was different. This was dragged out, and then the guy's just hanging there, and so is his entrails. And it's like I, I'm I, no, I can't I can't do it this time. So hey, Last of Us, I'm not doing. Oddly enough, I looked up the uh, Days Gone gameplay to see how I felt about that. Someone's being eaten alive by zombies. So it's like you know what. I'm done with my post-apocalypse. I'll play Rage 2. That's a fun that post-apocalypse. Kinda, yeah, that was kind of silly and fun, not like... Oh, that was another thing, too. Like, speaking of Last of Us 2 and Rage 2, looking at videos and not believing the gameplay's real, um, with Last of Us 2, it really hits home. Like, I, I start getting skeptical when she does a dodge and she stops at the car. Like, she hits the car. And either you've really boosted your, colli- your your animations and collision detect, like all that stuff together, or you're lying to me. Because in most games, you would just stop moving. You would stop moving against the car and the animation would go as normal. There would be no, like, oops, I bumped the car. There would be none of that. And after that, like, I'm watching and it's like there's a lot of stuff that looks like real gameplay animation and then there's just a whole lot of stuff where it's like I don't buy this I do not buy that this is real this is a completely scripted event and as a result I I don't trust it I don't trust a single bit of it and Rage 2 the same thing ah uh, I have I kind of have I mean Naughty Dog I don't know I have some degree of faith in id because well, that's Avalanche actually. Oh, it's Avalanche, yeah. but it's, it's built off the Doom engine. But I guess what I see, I guess what I think, see of it as what, when you're when you're when you're dealing with the Doom engine and and ID's technology, like ID is a technology company, right? They build technology, 
and they squeeze every last drop of... Less so now that John Carmack left for uh, Oculus. Yeah, I mean it's true. Maybe that's maybe that's just a perception and less of a fact. Now. I mean they've still got they're still going to have good developers there because of John Carmack's prior influence. Right. Um, but John Carmack himself was a wizard. Um, yes. So and yes, I mean that literally, have... he is a wizard. Therefore. So it might not be it might not be the same caliber, but he may have found other wizards to, to carry out. But that's yes. just my my thought. So when I look at Rage Two gameplay, I think they figured out a way to actually do this because I can remember playing. Uh, I think we talked about this. Maybe I might be on a thing where I got the Doom Three beta or like alpha stuff. I, I like I pirated the demo, basically like an E three demo or something like that. And I remember just being, like, blowing my mind that how good this looked on my PC. Like, there's no way. So I kind of believe... That, I believe... I don't know about Last of Us. I know that this, you know... Well, it's not even just animation. Though, that, that's part of what gives it away. I think part of the thing with Rage 2 as well is because you're not seeing one consistent gameplay trailer. You're seeing a blend from one clip to the next to the next to the next. And that's also... That can you're also... Doing a shortened version of a mission. Right, and that's also, right, where you can, the shorter the clip is, the more potential you have to show for, for, some, for showing up, for optimization. You but know, also for editing. It's like, we, these are choice yeah. clips we selected or choice clips we animated. Right. Well, I just, I don't think you animated, but like, we know that this particular animation will look really good in this context. Whatever, yeah. something falls down the stairs, and if we hit it from this angle, it'll perfectly animate and be the best case scenario for not looking janky yeah. or anything else. And so we can demo this perfectly versus, you know, having somebody walk around in a game and and mess it up and shoot yeah. something. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry, because I'm just thinking about big surprises you mentioned. And you, again, that's even Nintendo's kind of guilty of that because they started the show strong. They start the show and... You have this big cell shaded mech action game that looks like Armored Core, and you find out is developed by a lot of the staff of prior Armored Core games. Yeah, that does look cool. So it's like, oh crap, like Nintendo, you've already won me over. And they have some surprises, like like one of the surprises was, oh, by the way, Hollow Knight, that's finally out today. But we're talking an indie game from last year. Not really. And then you have um like Oh, by the way, there's a new Project Octopath demo coming Thursday, and you can also download um, Splatoon 2 Octo Expansion. Yeah, that's releasing Thursday. So there's a little bit of like, oh, cool, like this is a cool stuff E3 now. surprise. Yeah, stuff now. But at the same time, I liked seeing all the new Smash Brothers Ultimate stuff. I understand why other people would not like seeing all the new Smash because especially... I'm only slightly more competitive now because of who I lived with for the past four years. Um, my friend, Mike, like, he got me back into Smash Brothers. Like, right. me and my friends played the original when I was in middle school all the time. And, and then I'm no good at all at Smash Brothers, so... I will teach you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, it's some, like the, the Smash Brothers for the Wii U really was the best because... And partially because I was able to enjoy a whole lot of characters... So you're coming, like, like I don't care if this one's just built off the prior one. And a lot of the uh, the, the quote-unquote patch notes, as people called them, those were actually all looking good, too. Like, I feel like they gave, and because of the nature of the Smash community, like, that, that, that Direct was effectively for Smash, like, dedicated Smash players. Hmm. Which, for a lot of people, is going to be a letdown. Um, but at the same time... I myself was like, you know what? I am so looking forward to this. The only thing that could ruin it is Nintendo's online service being a piece of trash. And it could very well turn out to be that. It's just got the advantage of only being 20 bucks a year. Yeah, compared to... Compared to Sony and, being like, what, 60 bucks now? Yeah, 60 and whatever. Microsoft's also 60 bucks yeah, a year. Yeah, 60 for gold or, or PS Plus. So, yeah. um... 
Yeah, we've kind of scattered about E3. Do we want to bring this to any kind of an organization, like discuss? I mean, I don't want to discuss like who won because yeah. I don't think anyone did. No. I mean, whoever had the most games you cared about. But otherwise, honestly, because again, like I could find some reason for any of them to be like negative. Like, okay, Ubisoft had some cool stuff, but at the same time, they're Ubisoft. Like, oh, Skull and Bones looks like it's exactly yeah. what people that love Black Flag want until you find out it's constantly online and PvP can happen anytime. It's, it's, it's yeah. Fallout 76 had awkward stage presentation and trying to tell people to clap. Like, yeah, you can clap now, you can cheer. Um, EA was to. EA. EA yeah. was EA. And um, Sony, uh, you switched venues on people like that? Like, like, yeah. the, the people at home are now like, why am I watching these people talking? I mean, and okay, the okay. People- I, there was a cool moment. It was a cool moment when you, they start watching the trailer and you're like, wait a second. They're in There's the building. five seconds. Five seconds. And that was not what, and especially if you're a journalist that's now told, okay, everyone, get into the hot L.A. heat, hot L.A. summer heat, and walk from this cramped under air conditioned space to another cramped under air conditioned space. In the hot L.A. sun. No no doubt. That was probably really... And smog. L.A. And sun also, and smog. I mean, they wasted a lot of time where they could have been showing something like uh, Control. Yeah. Or anything else. Really. And then the PS4... I mean, not the PS4. The Xbox One, again, it's like, okay, you guys have convinced me to buy a lot of third-party games on other systems. Why do I want an Xbox? And Gears of War 5 is the closest, and even then... They were actually close to having me really convinced because I saw Gears Tactics. And it's like, okay, that's really cool. Oh, that's only PC. Yeah. Gears Pop, only mobile. It's like, wait a minute, you guys are just hyping up 18 exclusives. I still don't know what those 18 exclusives were. Good point. What? They said 18 exclusives. Hmm. Halo Infinite, Gears of War 5, Forza. Oh yeah, Tunic. And I don't even know if that's like a time exclusive or not. Um, is Cuphead, Cuphead still an exclusive, so the DLC for that. I'm guessing is, DLC is, is coming. Is Xbox One exclusive? Uh, that and Windows 10. Okay. Huh. So Which means Gears Tactics is Windows 10. Which, yeah, whatever. We're getting, yeah, it's another, we're getting a hairier with this use of exclusive. But it's, it, and that that's... And whatever Ninja Theory... Well, that's the thing. They're not working on anything yet. They're going to, and I, I will say, I do dislike the fact that Ninja Theory has been swept up by any 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 first party. Um, that irritates me. I'd probably be a lot less bothered with Sony because I have a PS4. But I will say for Microsoft, that is a smart get because, like Naughty Dog... Ninja Theory is a company that has proved they can do the story elements very, very well, very competently. Like, I would say there's a lot wrong with uh, DMC story-wise, but its presentation and some of its ambitions, some of yeah. what it did, was actually really well done. Some of some of the aspects yeah. of the narrative, like, I would not have minded a sequel that was a bit less juvenile, but continued the story with Virgil. Like, I liked that version of Virgil. It wasn't traditional Dante and everything. Like, I'm yeah. going to be fine with the MC5, and I'm going to be fine that they never continue it, but I wouldn't have minded it either. Yeah, I would have... I would have I see, now, I'm in the camp that I... Oh, except the DLC. Virgil's DLC is awful. I never played that. It ruins him. Um, yeah. So never mind. Never, never mind. mind. Yeah, never they ruined mind. him with the DLC. But, so, I'm in, I'm in the camp that I would have rather... Even now, I'm playing, I'm playing through Devil May Cry 4, and I would rather see Devil, DMC 2... Ninja Theory style than Devil May Cry 5 Capcom style. Now, it's possible that they're going to... Capcom is going to sort of learn learn some lessons and pull some of the, the good parts. There's theory that they're doing that. Um, um, people believe so. Um, oh, but to get... Actually, that's to get back to my point. Because, again, um, Ninja Theory, again, they could do this story on... Because before this was, what, Enslaved? Did a great job with Enslaved. Hellblade, we they they did a really good job. Yeah, like and all of these. Forget about um, and Heavenly, Heavenly Sword. Sword with Andy Circus, like eating scenery, all the scenery. Andy Circus. <laughs> but well, what I know really that people love the story of was Enslaved. But regardless of which one, you know, 
These are guys that can do the story element mm-hmm. just as well as Naughty Dog. They can bring that kind of an IP forward, but even with The Last of Us, Naughty Dog is not as good with the gameplay. You play Uncharted, the gun mechanics aren't as good. Oh. Tomb Raider is a better version for me, gameplay-wise, mechanics-wise, than Uncharted. I would rather play Tomb Raider up and down the block. I, like, I still understand why they haven't fixed the shooting mechanics in Uncharted, you know, five or six generations four. later. Well, no, because yeah, uh, the Vita Lost version. Legacy? Or, oh, Lost oh, Legacy. Well, those aren't going to be Naughty Dog, are they? The, the, I guess that's the, true. The, the four, Vita version? Still, with four, you had four iterations by Naughty Dog. And you still could not fix the shooting, the terrible shooting, and whereas Ninja Theory does the mechanics really well, we know they're good at gameplay. Like even if even if you make comparisons between DMC and Devil May Cry Four, where Devil May Cry Four yes requires more actual skill and te- uh, technical prowess, having gone back to DMC Four Special Edition and tried a little bit. Dante and DMC feels better and the controls are more intuitive. If they can get the controls more intuitive and feeling better in DMC 5, I'll be all about it. If they can learn from the strengths of DMC. Yeah. While also, like, if they can fuse the best of both worlds, that's the ideal to me um, in DMC 5. But regardless, for. Ninja Theory, like, for Microsoft, that's actually a good get, because they effectively got a better Naughty Dog. Yeah. A better, stabbier Naughty Dog. Yes. Much stabbier. Much well, stabbier. Well, I mean, Naughty Dog got pretty stabby, I guess. With Last of Us. With, yeah. But that. it still wasn't as good as uh, any of the stabby in... Like, even even Hellblade's low-budget, small-team stabby in Hellblade. Ninja, yeah. Ninja Theory's low-budget, small-team in Hellblade. Yeah. Um... But my big fear, though, is this is Microsoft. Sony has proved... Like, has Sony ever closed the studio? I don't know. I can't think of any. I can't think of any studio closed by Sony either. They've been running the same studios for a long time. The God of War studio has made a new God of War that is very different. And while in a lot of ways I can complain about the direction, I actually also like the direction... And I respect the direction. I think Sony understands good games better than Microsoft has proven to this generation. Because mm. Microsoft was, we're just going to, like, they literally made Halo and Gears of War factories. And then they got so hands-on and meddling with the likes of Scalebound and Fable Legends that you y- killed both projects. And then what was the, um... Crackdown 3 is not the original developer either. That came the, out later. They got, um, an exclusive deal with... Uh, the Ratchet & Clank people. Insomniac? Yeah, didn't Insomniac make a game for Xbox One? Oh, Sunset Joe Overdrive, yeah. Sunset Overdrive, where... I don't know whatever happened, yeah. It was alright. It was alright, yeah. It wasn't a bad launch title, but that's the thing. Like, it was forgettable. Yeah. Yeah, we all forgot about it. That was the best thing Microsoft's done as a first party this generation, it feels like. Unless you like the racing games, and therefore you have Forza. Whereas, meanwhile, Sony is going to be killing it with, like, all these big... Even Spider-Man's going to be better than any other Marvel property. Like, come on. Come on, Microsoft. Yeah. Nintendo's got their stuff. Sony's got their stuff. Microsoft, like... I just hope whatever contract Ninja Theory signed, they can come out of this alive eventually. I mean, best case scenario is is Epic or or, or Bungie or Bungie, who both got well. That's the thing; they got out right as Microsoft well, was getting really bad. Well, so yeah, so like I think well, the Epic because Epic wasn't just had a contract thing for to, to develop exclusively for the IP. Versus no, Bungie. that's right because they yeah Bungie was owned by Microsoft for the while, but then I guess the contract ended and Bungie was able to go do whatever they wanted. Right. Where versus Epic, which was just had the basically the contract to develop the Gears of War series. Yeah, Microsoft. Microsoft became the publisher and started and owned the property, which that's kind of a downside. That's kind of a negative, I think, for in the long run. Yeah, but I mean, that would be that would be good for. 
you know, again, if you can come out of it and, you know, make yeah. a... Well, now Epic's making Fortnite and raking in the cash, so who cares? You right. Know, like, yeah, Gears what? Gears, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, um... So Ninja Anything Theory, else you wanted to bring up? Not really. There's not much... I not mean, much we haven't covered. And actually, again, you know what, what some of the biggest surprises for me came from? Not even anything in the press conferences. It was in, like, my YouTube subscriptions, like... Seeing uh, Sega premiere, like I didn't know about this Fist of the North Star game. Like I barely remember. Oh it. yeah, Fist of the North Star. Was there a new one? There's a game being made by the Yakuza people, and it looks really good. Ah. And I've now started watching the anime on Crunchyroll because I'd never seen it, and it's like, yeah, I really look forward to this. That's October. Um, so there's a Fist of the North Star game I didn't find out about until I checked uh, online, um, and then there's. Uh, I had seen, tra- and this is again, this is something I already know about, but I had seen trailers, and this is all the anime stuff, My Hero Wants Justice, which is a fighting game based off My Hero Academia. The latest trailer looked really great, so I'm down for that, but that's not on, that's, that's also this fall, but I knew about it, no surprises, that's the problem. Like, even, even trailers that were like, oh, this is new and I didn't know I wanted it until now, like Call of Cthulhu, I knew... Focus Interactive was publishing a Call of Cthulhu game. I think it's Cyanide that's developing mm-hmm. it. Um, I knew they were publishing a Call of Cthulhu game. The latest trailer that they put out during E3 made it look a bit Bioshocky, and it's like, you know what? I want to play this. Yeah, I actually I missed that one because it out. wasn't in a press conference. So that's part right. of it too. It's like part of E3 is don't just pay attention to the press conferences. Yeah, pay attention. Um, I guess I just didn't have a good. I wasn't following close enough, and oh, I didn't have good sources on the floor stuff too. I think the last comparison then is two smaller publishers, and I'm being smaller. And actually, publishers doesn't even describe one. You've got Devolver Digital, where I didn't see last year's. This is the first year's, and Devolver Digital was weird. It had an air of self-loathing. Like it was more than just lampooning the games industry. It felt like they really hated the games industry <laughs> and its fans. But yeah. maybe that's just me. Like, maybe I'm finding a fence where there is none. But it was weird. And then overindulging in its Robocop reference at the end. But hey, I got my Metal Wolf Chaos trailer. I'm looking forward to it. And, um, and I, I, so you, you already had commented on our thing that insert Steve's complete absence of opinion here. But my, my friend Pedro looks like my kind of jam. Okay, my friend Pedro looks like your jam. Which so, you know, it's funny. I was watching the, uh, the 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 previously recorded guys watching the trailer, and right before Rich Evans said it, I was like, "This looks like a Deadpool game." Like this looks <laughs> like it was supposed to be a Deadpool game, and, and they they, they couldn't get the license. So they just and that's exactly what Rich Evans. Said. So it's like you know what, my friend Pedro, the unlicensed, unofficial Deadpool game. Yeah, I, um, I would. I'll definitely check that out. Um, but you, you've got that. But then you also had limited run games where their whole thing was, um... They basically, if I understand... They, they take make- indie games and they release physical editions of them. And their presentation was super low budget. But there was an actual, like, instead of, like... Because they made some of the same kind of jokes that uh, Devolver Digital did. But there was, like, more sincerity and, like, yeah, we know we got no money. We're just filming this in someone's living room with a green screen. <laughs> but we're, we're going to have fun because we love these games we're putting out in physical yeah. editions, in physical form. Including Iconoclasts, which I think will be our next podcast. Our next podcast, Iconoclasts, definitely. So, uh, and they have another one in here that might get into that podcast, Exiles End. I'm not playing that. You're not playing that. Well, I might. I might mention it as just and in the comments. I think it belongs in the same conversation um, as a good compare and contrast. Maybe. Um, we'll see. But we'll see. But yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so I think that's enough to wrap up the I, show. So after. So after this week's talking about big flashy presentations, we're going to wind it down budget, to AAA games. We're going to talk about. An indie from January that I played on my dead console, the Vita. (laughs) Poor one out. Which Limited Run has a whole bunch of uh, physical releases coming out for. Um, I did want... I was hoping I could somehow get my Iconoclast video done before we record the podcast, but sadly I couldn't, so I'm going to have to see if I can try and 
talk similarly deep, but not the same about the game. This will be an interesting test for me because I want people to want to get something out of both the video and the podcast. Um, but yeah, that's under work. And if you don't know, youtube.com slash ramblepack64, no C, gamertag.net, gamertagged.net, facebook.com slash ramblepack64, all the places to find me. Steve, where can people find you? Um, you can find some of my music reviews on theprogmind.com. The P R O G, short for Progressive Rock Mind. Uh, not like Landmind, uh, but like Your Mind, like Open Your Mind.com. Like Prog another mind. meme. We started with a meme mentioned, we're going to end with a meme mentioned. Mention. All right, that should be enough from, uh, of us. Right. Have a good night. Yep, have a good night, everybody. Bye.